Welcome to Ink Drinkers, a literary tea party podcast where we discuss books and drink tea. Are you ready? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Good. Dun 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 dun. That's what I. Yeah, that's what I was. Y'all ready for this? Dun 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 dun. Okay. Um, we're here to talk about books and drink tea. Isn't that how our opening goes? That is literally words from our opening, which you've just heard, and now we're repeating for you again. Yep. Do we want to go straight into books, or do we have anything else to discuss? I have nothing to chit-chat about. (laughs) Maybe that makes people happy. Maybe they're like, oh, thank God we don't have to sit here and listen to Marissa and Jamie just chit-chat about nothing. Or maybe they're like, oh, man, I like the idle chit-chat. How long can we go back talking? How can we go talking back and forth about talking about nothing? You think how I can't even talk? I don't even know what you're saying. I do know what you're saying, but you missed a few words in there. Okay, let's stop talking about nothing. Let's talk about books. And start talking about books. And you're up first this week. I am. Um, my book is The Prenup by Lauren Lane. Never heard of it. Never heard of her. Tell me all about it. <laughs> okay. So, um, Charlotte Spencer grew up on the Upper East Side. Pause. Is this the book you were telling me about that you were really enjoying? You said the other day, you were like, I'm really enjoying the book I'm yes. listening to. This is it. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, I will say this is more, uh, it was lighter and it wasn't super long. So it was what I needed at the time. Not my favorite book of all time, but really enjoyable. What you needed. Understandable. Correct. So tell me about, yes. did so you say Charlotte? Charlotte. Charlotte. Charlotte Spencer lives, um, she's from the Upper East Side. She grew up, as she will say, with a silver spoon in her mouth. <laughs> um, her parents had a very set guideline of how she was supposed to behave and act and what her future was going to look like. Um, And it did not involve any rebellion or her having her own opinions or her doing anything out of line from (laughs) what they thought was appropriate. Um, This did not sit well with her. I guess not. (laughs) Um, And when she turned 21, she told them that she... She said, screw off. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, They had this big falling out. She told them that she wanted to um, do something different with her life, open up her own company, and they laughed. Rude. Yeah. So she said, well... I'm going to do what I want to do. How can I get around this? Because they basically told her, if you leave New York and do your own thing, you're cut off. And um, she actually was set to inherit some money from her grandmother. But her grandmother also had pretty strict rules and thoughts of what was appropriate. And so in the will... She basically said that in order to claim this inheritance, that Charlotte had to be married. Hmm. 
So <laughs> at 21, Charlotte and her brother Justin um, get married. <laughs> Yes, this this book really goes on a whole different track than what you thought it would. Um, no. Okay, good. They devise a plan to get her um, inheritance and help his best friend Colin Walsh, who is um, from Ireland. Ooh. Um, stay. He's trying to stay in the states because he wants to um, further. Hit, he's twenty. They're both like twenty-one. So he decides he wants to pursue a career in the states, but he needs a green card to stay here. Does the audiobook narrator do an Irish accent? Yeah. Is it good? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, you're like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Is it hot in here? So he's like Charlotte. Charlotte, my love. Not really. He doesn't talk to her like that. They don't really like each other. Um, Ooh, enemies to lovers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Charlotte and Colin decide to have a quickie courthouse wedding. And their her brother Justin has um, put together the prenup language, which neither of them read. God. And they signed it. Why? <laughs> So Charlotte leaves and goes to San Francisco and starts her own company with her inheritance money. Um, ends up being super successful. Colin is back in New York and he is um, a pretty well-known um, and well-respected lawyer at a firm. So he's a lawyer and he didn't read the prenup before. Well, he signing. wasn't a lawyer whenever. Okay, but clearly yes, on that, that right, right, right. Yes, yeah. This gets brought up like how? <laughs> okay. Do they not? They're stupid. They're young. <laughs> Um, but there's also a lot that goes into that because he was Irish um, and obviously some people speculated that, you know, maybe he was just trying to stay here and this was convenient. She had issues with her family, which people in their circle knew. Um, so there was a lot of speculation. So they had to make sure that they did not discuss what really was going on for immigration purposes because that's fraud and <laughs> could get him kicked out of the country right mm-hmm. yeah and she could go to jail or have like extreme fines and all this stuff so it's 10 years later and she only really had to be married to him for five years based on his her grandmother's will but they just <laughs> they haven't seen each other they didn't really know each other that well she didn't think much of him at the time he thought she was bratty and snotty and so um, they literally have lived 10 years as husband, husband and wife. They'll say to people, like, my husband or my wife, but, like, they're, they don't know each other. They haven't seen each other since that courthouse wedding. She has not seen her parents in 10 years. And he basically calls her out of the blue and says he wants a divorce. Okay. I mean. Yeah. Um, but he tells her that um, – there's a loophole in their prenup that is going to force them to live together for three months prior to them being able to get it. <laughs> Why would her brother do that? He was trying to set them up, like matchmaking. Yeah. So she's really upset. She goes back to New York. They talk it out, realize that she's going to have to live with him in order to do this. So she moves in with him. 
And, and your brother was right all along. And from there, <laughs> things kind of, um, yeah, unfold. Uh, there's uh, immigration services things that happen where they're both kind of like freaked out that they're going to, that he's going to be deported. And um, they're trying to convince all these people that they're really living as husband and wife and they're giving it an old try. <laughs> um, people are just kind of like, what's really going on? She, um, anyway, so, you know, she reconnects with her parents and that whole situation comes up and... Um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was really, it was just feel good and... It sounds fun. It was fun. It was really fun. Yeah. And yeah, his accent is so great. <laughs> it's real. And you'll read, like, if you read the reviews, people are like, loved the narrator. Okay, good, yeah. good, good, good. I hate it when there's books that, um, like, the characters have accents mm-hmm. and the narrator just doesn't do them. Yeah. And oh, I'm no, like, totally. What? No. That is not one of these. Give me my accents. Yeah. Colin, Colin's pretty spot on. Yeah. Lovely. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about your book. I was going to try to do an Irish accent for you, but I don't feel like I have it in me right yeah, now. Yeah, he's like, he's like Charlotte. Charlotte? That's how he says it. Um, Charlotte? Yeah. Top of the morning to you. <laughs> he's like, do you want me to play Danny Boy Charlotte? Oh, I do love that song. Mm-hmm. Oh, Danny boy. You should stop. Let's just talk about it. <laughs> you don't want me to serenade you? A little too okay. far. Okay. Yeah. No, just read, read the book. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Um, okay. My book is Getting Back to One of My Loves, which is true crime. This is not a true crime book. It's one of those fiction true crime books. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, this is The Book of Cold Cases by Simone Sagan. It looks like Simone St. James, but when the narrator says her name, they say Simone Sagan. She gets called St. James all the time. I know. And I, I had to go like replay it several times and slow it down to one time speed because I was like, it, is she just saying St. James really fast or something? But no, it's, <laughs> it sounds like Sagan. So anyway, so The Book of Cold Cases is her most recent book. We begin in 1977. Two men are killed, but I'll, sorry, I won't do that the whole time. Um, I liked it. (laughs) There are two men killed by the same gun. Okay. Not sure who did it. But Beth Greer looks like the perfect suspect. She's the daughter of one of the men. And she was seen leaving one of the crime scenes. So she's looking pretty good for yeah, it. Yeah, Beth. Not looking good for you, girl. But she swears she didn't do it. Of course. And she was acquitted. Hmm. So she's free. Okay. She goes back and lives in her home where her father was killed. And then we move forward to 2017. And we meet Shay. Shay is a receptionist at a doctor's office, but she also runs a website, a true crime website called The Book of Cold Cases. And she's obviously a true crime junkie, and we find out that the reason is she um, she had a brush with true crime herself. She was abducted as a young child. She was kidnapped um, and would have been killed, but she ended up like getting out of the car and, like, running. Um, But then later that night, another little girl was found killed nearby, and, like, that would have been her. 
Yikes. So That's she's, frightening. Yeah, she's pretty... So this has been her life, like, from that point on. Yes. This has changed her trajectory. Yes. Okay. She's pretty messed up from that. Yeah. She's obsessed with true crime and murder, like, understandably. Um, she has this website that she runs that started out just as a blog for her, kind of as an as an outlet, and then it became this big website that, you know, everyone in, who's into true crime goes on the book of cold cases and discusses things and stuff like that. And one of the cases that they discuss is the Lady Killer case, which was um, the case that Beth Greer had previously been acquitted of. So... One day she's in the doctor's office and she looks over and she's like, why does that lady in the waiting room look familiar? Where do I know her from? She asks the other nurse who checked her in, like, what's her name? And the lady says, Elizabeth Greer. And she goes, oh my God, that's Beth Greer. Like, obviously she knows every detail about Beth Greer's case. And so she just goes up to Beth Greer and she's like, hi, um, I'm not a reporter. I'm not anything or anybody I'm just interested in your case and can I talk to you about it and Beth is like let me think about it and then ends up saying yes and they go and get lunch and they talk about the case and Beth um Shay says pretty early on like I believe you I believe you didn't do it I don't know what's going on but I believe you didn't do it and so Beth kind of like gives her access to her home and her like the police and um like she trusts Shay she's never trusted anyone before she's never talked to a reporter she's never you know done anything like that but she trusts Shay and she brings Shay in to try to solve what really happened um so Shay gets to go to Beth's home and there's some weird stuff going like at on. any point does Shay is Shay not sure that she still believes Beth for sure. Okay. There's doubt. Okay. Yeah, there's absolutely doubt. Um, but Shay goes to Beth's home and some weird stuff starts happening. Like paranormal? Paranormal. Okay. Which is what Simone Sagan is known for. She writes paranormal. Okay. Um, her last book was like too much intermingling of the true crime and the paranormal like you the lines were blurred and you couldn't really tell what was real and what was paranormal um this one I liked a lot better because everything was grounded in reality the murders were clearly done by a human human person person, but then there was paranormal thrown in okay which I I liked I was good with that but she's at Beth's house and there's like cabinets just randomly being opened and the recording that she did that day when she gets home and listens to it like she hears someone on the in the background going I'm here I'm here and then her phone shuts off and when she turns it back on the recording's gone so there's these you know paranormal elements to it and you know she's investigating a crime um or this crime um she's recently out of a divorce so kind of a not great relationship elizabeth or shay shay okay beth has never been with anybody Oh, because of that situation, or yeah, mostly. Like she, Beth, like can't leave her house. She can't, like, she is stuck. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, not physically stuck. Like the paranormal won't let her leave. But she was basically. at the doctor's. Office. Yeah, she can leave her house, but okay. she can't like she can't have outside relationships leave. or any any real. She can't life. go live anywhere else. She okay, yeah, that kind of stuff. So it's funny because I was listening to this book. 
and Part of Your World by Abby Jimenez interchangeably. Um, Because I was listening to this one during the day because it's scary. And then Abby Jimenez's book at night. And there were a number of similarities that I did not expect. And I started getting confused because both of the main characters like had just gotten out of bad relationships. Um, There was like the medical world involved in both of them, like in part of your world, she was an ER doctor. And in this one, she's a receptionist at a doctor's office. And like, there just kept being all these similarities and I would get confused while I was listening. And you wouldn't think that because there's such different books, right? Like one's a romance. One is, you know, paranormal true crime, <laughs> but um, both really, really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I can't tell you too much more because it'll ruin the mystery of it. Uh, but it was creepy and spooky and, you know, true crimey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which I like to throw in every once in a while. For sure. It sounds really interesting. It sounds mm-hmm. like it would be a really good um, movie or TV show. Yeah. I think a lot of her books would be... Adapted well. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I was, like, listening one night, because I was like, I'm I'm not that big of a wimp. Like, I can handle this. It's no big deal. And then, like, this stuff started happening with the cabinets opening and stuff in the kitchen, and I was like, "Um, I'll just... I'll switch to another book now. (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) So I had to start doing that one. Daytime only understandable I think I would be very much the same I don't typically like I can't watch scary movies I can't I don't watch scary movies but reading books it doesn't typically yeah bother it's me it's different for sure but it you think it's the visual aspect I or guess. it's the sound like the I mean I know obviously we read audible like yeah but when you're audiobooks, when you're watching a scary movie there's sound effects and there's music there's a lot that more involved that it, it, honestly your emotions it's into the music it. yeah for me. <laughs> like um, if there's a if there's a commercial on and I'm by myself like sitting in the dark at home or something and I hear start hearing it I'll change the channel yeah like I don't even want my mind to go there no I'm with you I'm with you but reading books doesn't affect me as much but there are some books that do sure like I guess like you said if there's a visual component to it if I'm able to visualize it then it'll start freaking me out Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah when I read um I'll be gone in the dark which is true crime is about the golden state killer when I read that years ago I was checking my doors 10 and 12 times a night, like checking my alarm, making sure, because that book scared the, yep, scared me pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, do we want to talk about the tea? Yes. Okay. We should. So this tea is called Province Vert. Is that right? Vert? Sounds good to me. Um, from the Cultured Cup. And it's an organic green tea. And the flavor notes are a fragrant and flavorful green tea composed of spices and red fruits of Provence, colored, colorful as a French impressionistic painting. Ingredients are China green tea, lavender buds, hibiscus petals, and red fruit flavoring. I don't know that I taste all of that. I don't taste any of that. Um, <laughs> it's a little bland. Um... It reminds me of like, here. here's the feeling I get when I drink this tea. Having to go shop at like 
Tuesday morning with my mom as a child. <laughs> that is such a specific. <laughs> Hold on. Let me see if it, if it tastes like that to me as well. Because yeah, yeah, I've yeah. had those same experiences. Yeah, okay. Let me know. Honestly, I, I really do understand. <laughs> Don't mess with me. No, I do because, okay, it's, this is why. <laughs> Whenever you put your face towards the cup and you're about to take a sip, you smell it first. And the smell of it is very potpourri. And, that's and I feel like all of those of... stores smell like that as you walk through. And they just have like a, a bunch of mi- mismatched items just ranging from cooking wear to yeah. rugs to pottery to to curtain rods and <laughs> and if that store had a smell which it does it's this tea and i would not have thought that initially i wouldn't have thought anything i just thought Meh. but you could find some great things there oh sure and all i will say this i tea, hated those stores as a child yeah yeah this tea um, is not horrible, <laughs> but it leaves a lot to the imagination. <laughs> well, clearly, considering I connected <laughs> that far with my imagination, um, yeah, is when I first took a sip, I was kind of like, Nugh. but drinking, drinking it more, it's getting better. It honestly kind of tastes like hot water, water with a potpourri f- smell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not my favorite. I mean, I don't recommend. You win some, you lose some. Um, but I did want to mention that it says on the bag, mariage frere. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't do French. Um, and so I was curious what that meant. Mariage frere's, maybe? Mm-hmm. I don't know what accent that was. It was just like <laughs> saying words. And so I looked that up, and it's apparently a tea shop in France. So I guess this tea is from Marias Flores. That was really and, good. And um, the Cultured Cup is reselling it, maybe? I'm not really sure. but There's a partnership there. <laughs> Would not recommend. <laughs> Would Ooh. not recommend this particular one. I think that we should look up this tea shop, though, and see. I have it up. Look, they have a blue tea. We need to try that. That looks really neat. That's I mean, so it looks cool. like something that would change the color of your teeth, but it doesn't. It's flavored blue tea. What does that mean? I don't know. It says it's inspired by White Day in Japan, a holiday that extends the joyful exchange of Valentine's Day gifts. Flowery, fruity, and lush. Oh, I'm going to order some. Okay. Some tea S- from Marias Flores. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're on the edge of your seats, but it's coming from France, so... It could be a while. Yeah. Keep this in your back pocket for later. <laughs> we'll let you know when the blue episode airs. <laughs> Get excited for things to come. Um, should we discuss Freud and Freude? Yes. Let me tell you mine. Which earlier I was thinking of as Frere Jacques <laughs> because of the Frere's... This is a very whatever. French episode. Whew. And neither it of wasn't. Our, neither of our books have. They anything don't have anything to do. To do with nothing. But, but the conversation has turned to, uh, to a, a French note. But now let's switch it over to German and do Freud and Freude. Let's do it. So, sometimes in life, <laughs> we get really stressed out. 
Okay, this sounds like the beginning of a song. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and um, sometimes it's hard to get your mind out of that frame of thinking. And things just start to build. And then you start to have anxiety. Um, and that has kind of been the situation currently with you me. You are stressing me out. Hold on. I'm about okay. to make it better. Okay. So what I've been doing the last two weeks, which I feel like is a really big win, is when I've gotten to the point where I feel like I'm about to freak out, <laughs> I've been able to rein it back in by doing a little bit of um, mind imagery and thinking through the situation that I'm in and how I would, how I actually would want it to go. Hmm. And it's kind of, it's helped. It's calmed me down. Um, I, I've been doing a visualization when I wake up that, and this isn't something I made up. Um, this is a specific thing that a friend told me to do. So I didn't come up with it by I myself. mean, I kind of didn't think you came up with it all on your own. <laughs> <laughs> so when you wake up in the morning... Before you leave your door, like leave either your, you know, for the day or when you wake up in your room, before you walk out and get your day started, you picture a number on your door. So like say the number three. And before you walk through that door, you tell yourself, I am going into world three. Hold on. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. My eyes are. are I know. Okay, so you're going into world three. And in world three, everything is the way that you want it to be. You have the right job. You have, um, everything is working out. You have no anxiety because things, there's no reason to have anxiety. Everything's great. You're going to go through your day in world three and things are just going to work out. Do you pick the same number every day or does it change? Um, Right now I'm just doing three. I just tell myself that in world three... Because how do you know that four is just as good? So every do, every number is a different world. So if you want to say, okay, today I really need a boost in energy. And in world four, Jamie is um, an Olympian. <laughs> and she has all the energy in the world. And she's on a strict schedule. And she does all of these things that are just like mind-boggling that any human could do. And that's... That is the world that I'm going to walk in today. Okay. And you kind of keep that in the back of your mind, like to tell yourself, like, I can do anything because in this world, this is how, this is what Jamie's doing. I don't know. It's just a I'm little open. tool. It's a little tool that can, it has been helping me not be so stressed out. And it's kind of also the thought of this get, is just a moment. If you get stressed out, you're like, I'm in world three. There's no stress in world three. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like compartment, like basically saying, this is just a moment in time. You don't need to be that stressed out about it. But sometimes I can't just yeah. do that. Yeah. And so this is kind of an extra step that has helped. Cool. So it's been a win the last two weeks because I've been able to do it and calm myself down before I really start to be really upset and like in tears. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I definitely call that a win. Yeah. And I think that's cool. Yeah. Sorry, that was a really long explanation. No, I appreciated the explanation. And it may sound crazy. And people are like, that girl's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that for a moment. Whatever works. With you. Um, my Freud and Freuda is I, I like to watch TV when I get home. I like to just veg out and watch TV. And lately I've been binging The Mentalist. 
But I also feel a little guilty when I'm just sitting on the couch for several hours doing nothing. So if you will turn to your left, you will see that I have purchased an exercise bike. So <laughs> I saw it when I walked in. I know. <laughs> and I also no, saw it's the been little, hidden this whole time. The little bicycle oh, thing. Yeah, I I don't. You've had that under your desk, right? I, I bought that a while back, and I didn't really like it, but I brought it out until the exercise bike came in. But yeah, so I um, every night since I've gotten it have been just doing it for 20 to 30 minutes and I mean I don't do like crazy fast you know whatever but it's something to where I don't feel quite as guilty about just sitting on the couch doing nothing it's getting me moving getting me a little bit more back in shape and um yeah it's been nice and um I like I like, I watch while I do it while I'm watching TV, obviously, and so like I find myself when it's a tense scene, I'm like pedaling faster, and then okay, I can calm down now because it's getting <laughs> smooth. So yeah, it's 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 been fun. Yeah, I didn't think I liked stationary bikes, um, but I think I just don't like cycle classes. Yeah, cycle classes, yikes. Yeah, N- no bueno. No, I didn't. But just in casually, I being like this is not for me. Yeah, but just casually riding while doing something else that I enjoy. Yeah, I actually like that. It was nice. That's great. Yeah. Cool. <sighs> Nothing else to say to you. <laughs> and now the episode is over. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. Ciao. Cheers. Adios. Arrivederci. Bye. Goodbye. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for the full list of books we discussed today. You can find that in your podcast app or on our website, inkdrinkerspodcast.com. And please support us by subscribing anywhere you listen to podcasts and leaving a review. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at inkdrinkerspod. Cheers. Cheers.